I talked so much shit last week about the, the Tennessee Titans, and now I have to, I have to atone for those Seattle sins. Not a fan of it. Not a fan. Tim, season two, episode twenty-four. Stats that matter. We're gonna recap week two of the NFL season. It's fully underway now. Every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday for the foreseeable future, at least another sixteen weeks is completely booked. Sorry to my plans. Not sorry. Um, we're going to recap the games week two and look ahead to week three. In our cups mm-hmm. this week, we apparently went to the same package store in Massachusetts because I've got a double IPA from Williamsburg and you've got a New England IPA from Brookfield. Follow us on Instagram at Stats of Matter and Twitter at Stats Podcast. Find us wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Apple, Google, Spotify. Tim, let's get into the show. Let's go, man. You know what? Uh, because it was a rough week for you, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you start drowning your sorrows a little bit uh, first here. So um, why don't you go ahead and start this one? Need it. So had uh, had some friends over for a birthday party uh, a few weeks ago, and one of them, uh, Nick, listener of this podcast, we're in a fantasy league together. He actually drafted Joe Burrow as his quarterback in our actual league. He's a huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. Uh, he, he brought me a couple beers. Um, I don't know how he acquired them. I'm sure because he's a pilot. That's probably how he did it. But uh, I got this A10 Warthog Double India Pale Ale. All right. This okay. is a nice uh, can art here from Opa Opa Brewing Company okay. of Massachusetts. I don't know if you've ever – I've never heard of these people before. Opa Opa? Uh, I have not. I have not had the, uh, the the pleasure. When was the last time you heard of a double IPA that was 11% alcohol by volume? Uh, another thing that I don't know if I have uh... – the luxury of of hearing at any point yeah. so me me neither so i, I thought okay. to myself okay let's go and he uh he said hey you know i, I brought this back appreciate it just put it on the pod i said i got you fam we're, we're a podcast other people now take a look at this i like it i like the Def- color i definitely definitely smell a little bit of booze and it is effervescent as hell which i think is probably mm-hmm. a good thing because it's going to hide this pretty well Anyways, uh, what can I say about this beer? There's, uh, let's see, on the can side, it says strong, very aggressively hopped India Pale Ale with a full aroma and increased bitterness, lending plenty of malt, giving it its body. And to be honest, it is very aromatic. Very aromatic. Let's, oh, Jesus, 11%. Here we go. Sorry for talking a lot of shit, Titans. No, I'm not. (laughs) Ooh. Okay. Hmm. I, never, I can never tell if the oof is a good oof or a bad oof. It's definitely definitely a lot of malt. I'm very, very surprised for how light and thin this is mm-hmm. uh, for being a 11% and a double. Uh, and it just has so much carbonation in it. Like the head on this beer is amazing. The retention is, is so good. I'm very surprised by this. It does not exactly taste like I expected it to. It's definitely more of that West Coast piney 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 uh style uh double ipa mm-hmm. i half expected this to be a like a like a thick thick very malty one and okay. uh that was not the case i i like that i like that a lot i'm gonna give this a three nine straight out the gate nice and i feel like because it's an a10 warthog i gotta go because that's the noise they make so <laughs> shout out to nick love it all right so <clears throat> i got one that kind of hits a little closer to home uh, I've got Crooked Post from uh, Oak Home Brewing in Massachusetts. 
Uh, this is actually, you know, it's going to be like a, my brother's sister's uncle's brother's aunt, aunt uncle said what she said, but no, Friends my down the street. Yeah, my sister in law's brother owns this brewery, and they're actually not very far from uh, Treehouse. Um, I was up in Maine uh, about two weeks ago. Um, stayed there for a bit on the way back, uh, had been in the car for a long time, decided to take a quick break. And I put in breweries and I put in Treehouse. And then as I'm about to pull off the highway, I, re- I remember that this brewery was there and I had not yet been there. And I have to say it was such a pleasant surprise. First of all, they've only been open for, um, I want to say maybe a year, a little over a year. I think they opened. Not this Christmas, the Christmas before, uh, because they have this whole great thing for kids where they also have. So it's a they bought a farm compound type place just just outside of Sturbridge. So I think it's like just north of of Sturbridge uh, or like northeast of Sturbridge. But when you you drive down this long, windy road, uh, it then suddenly just boom, there's a farm there and you have farmhouses on the left you have a a christmas tree farm on the left as well on the right side you have this beautiful beautiful tap room and brew house and then it just like keeps sprawling they have an outdoor beer garden they have uh all kinds of stuff that's there they have a wedding venue that sits right down on top of a lake there's lots of really really cool stuff to do there um but when i pulled in i was i had one of those like proud moments because you know i i know that family very well um I love my sister-in-law. I, I think her family is great. Uh, but to see how busy they were despite COVID and everything else was, uh, was great. It was on Memorial Day. On Memorial Day, they were doing a little, uh, uh, sorry, it was on, uh, not Memorial Day. It was, uh, September 11th and they had a, like a tribute band that was in there playing a little memorial to, uh, 9-11. And they were so busy. I didn't even try looking for, um, her brother-in-law. His name's Babe. So I feel like if you're going to own a brewery, babe is, is a pretty clutch name. Um, but it's a family affair. Her dad, uh, gets involved. Uh, they created a food truck, um, and they make their own pizzas. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great little thing to see, but to see how busy they were after COVID and all the work and and knowing that how deflating it must've been to go from brand new opening, successful Christmas, they had Santa and sleigh rides and then boom, COVID hits. And then, kind of get your way through it and you know now you're out on the other side and they appear to be just as successful as they've ever been and i know they've started doing weddings and stuff so if you're in the area um uh, swing by and check it out even if you're not a big beer fan the venue and location is beautiful but we're we're a podcast about beer and sports so let's actually talk about the the beer itself i've had a couple of them um early on when they had just opened and to be honest some of them were uh you know, you could tell that they were kind of dialing in the equipment and they were kind of, you know, they were trying to figure things out. Um, I didn't grab a, a proper glass. So I'm going to use a, uh, a, a little short glass here, but it'll, it'll, do, it'll do the trick. Um, but yeah, I mean, it checks all the boxes for like a solid New England style IPA, which is what this with which is what this is. Um, Don't forget to take a picture. <clears throat> already did, already did. Uh, got that sucker. Uh, does it say what it's brewed with on here? No, it doesn't. But it is a six point eight Crooked Post New England IPA. 
this hazy straw yellow IPA is bursting with ripe citrus, tropical, and pine notes in both flavor and aroma. So um, I did hear they were busy enough. They did just hire a new production brewer because they couldn't keep up. So that's a good sign. Um, they were iffy about canning, but when COVID hit and you start canning, it's really hard to kind of go back. But all right. Yeah. So I know everyone after that whole spiel, everyone's gonna think I'm I'm biased. Um honest review time. Um uh, it's good. It's very, very good. Some of the other ones I've had from them, um, you know, felt a little bit like they were still dialing in the equipment, dialing in some of the process. Um they the stout they made I thought was was great. Uh, but this is surprisingly good. Um it, it's a lot more refined, I think, than what it had been. Some of that is bringing in, uh, you know, other brewers to help out. I know they uh, they brought in some pretty big talent to help them, uh, like, run the operation, and now they work there. So you knew it was going to get better over time. But this is this is really good. This is not what I expected from somebody, you know, a year and a half uh, or maybe two years into their program. Um, you know, it's really difficult up there to compete against someone like Treehouse. So obviously you got to kind of step it up a little bit, but it has a, it has a very, I don't want to say very sweet, but it has like a sweet citrus like finish that you tend to come to expect from, uh, from a, a New England IPA and enough like subtle of that piney bitterness to kind of make it or prevent it from getting too sweet. So if you take a West coast, I like a mild West coast IPA is something, you know, like lunch, for example, and then mix in some like lemon drop or like some type of like citrus candy. That's kind of what you end up here. So it, it, it's, it doesn't have the punch that some of the other big new England style, uh, IPAs have, you know, especially when you start talking about in around Massachusetts with Trillium and Treehouse, but it is, it is really, really good. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a four one actually, which I thought, hey. you know, I think a lot of times some of the smaller breweries, they tend to be like a three, four or three, five or three, six, somewhere around there for their, you know, their really good beers. Um, which is really what I thought this was going to you know, land based off of the stuff I had before. But this is really, really solid. And I would keep this in the fridge like regularly if I was close enough to go get it. But I'm not. So uh babe, if you hear this, uh I, I'm gonna need a couple more of these. Kimmy, <laughs> if you can hear this, I'm gonna need a couple more of these. But uh yeah, four one. And again, that's not me like kissing ass. So that's yeah, you, you know, never give four one stuff, so, you know. <laughs> that's uh that is, you know. A pleasant surprise, I'll say. And uh, not that I doubted the, the work ethic and, and what they were doing, but, you know, two years into it, it's hard. Hey, that's that's a good point to start from somewhere. Hmm. All right, those are the beers that are in our cups this week. Go find them. If you're in Massachusetts, you're listening to this podcast. You probably just got to go down to the gas, you know, the gas store, gas store, gas station, or the, the packy, whatever you call it. Let's get into some football, Tim. Starting off with the Thursday night game, I'm just going to be just – just real, real honest with you. I went 500 in my predictions this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. You went 750. All right. I got four right. You got six right. You got some wrong. I'm close. And I, I could have, we could have tied this week, 
Yep. But I decided to go with my homerism, and that's hey, it bit me in the ass. Yep. Look, Giants football team Thursday night. At some point, Tim, you got to start putting the Giants in your thoughts and prayers. Taylor Heineke played the spoiler in this part. 13 for 15 for 153 yards and two TDs off play action. Hmm. But that's okay because Daniel Jones rushed nine times and racked up 95 yards and a score for an average of 10 yards every time he decided to rush. Uh, this narrative that Daniel Jones is a runner, I guess we have to start paying attention to it because it's clear no defense knows what to do about it. Um, the Giants could have won this game. But they allowed the football team to come roaring back. Uh, and then towards the end, there was a kick. And uh, the kick did not go through the uprights. But wait, we got a penalty because it was Giants offsides. Then the, <laughs> you get closer, you boot it again. And that's how you win 30-29. to 29. Crazy, crazy game. I, I, I was not expecting that Thursday night game to be that way. But congrats to the football team and to Dustin Hopkins for booting that thing twice. <laughs> you always uh love the anticipation uh and then the, the immediate disappointment when they don't get it and then the back to elation when they realize that someone uh Messed made a up. drastic mistake um yeah. all right <clears throat> i have patriots uh this game was uh you know going up against the jets you kind of assumed that this was going to be uh, an easy one because it's the Jets and it's the Patriots. It didn't start out that way. Uh, it started out feeling semi-competitive. Mac Jones is obviously still trying to uh, dial it in a little bit. He's still trying to get uh, you know acclimated to his team and get on the same page. I don't think he looked bad at all. I think it was a nice outing for a uh, rookie quarterback in his first year especially when he's playing opposite of another first-year rookie who did not do uh, so well. Uh, Zach Wilson, RIP to uh, <laughs> his Sunday. I mean, that was not great. He threw four interceptions. Uh, it's tied for second for uh, most by a Jets rookie. Um, I'll give you one guess as to who it was before him that he's tied with. Mr. Samuel Darnold. Uh, no, Mark Sanchez had five. In what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he threw two. Uh, he threw his first two interceptions. Uh, and he's the first when he in doing so, he's the first player in the last forty seasons to throw in his first two passes two interceptions. So. Yeah, that's not really a statistic you want to live on. Mac Jones, uh, while he didn't, <laughs> that'll never get old. <laughs> say it, it gets me every time. Uh, it, it, on on film, watching it, he doesn't look flashy. He doesn't look like he's someone who's um, you know going to run up the scoreboard or anything. But what he is is he's super efficient. He was twenty two of thirty, one hundred eighty six yards, uh, zero touchdowns. So turnovers. So it kind of works itself out a little bit. They got a lot of help this way with, uh, you know, the interceptions that, that did come in. Um, I have Mac Jones as my fantasy quarterback, and I have to tell you the production has not been there, but there is no available quarterbacks because the whole world got injured uh, this weekend. So um, 
pray for my team. But anyway, I think this is just, you know, it was a, a relatively boring game. They came out with a big win that looks bigger because of the the four interceptions that came up. Two of them were pick sixes. So uh is what it is. Everyone's going to be fine. Uh, Zach Wilson will be fine. He just needs a little bit of development. They kind of rushed him in a little too early. I think they should have brought in a veteran and had him kind of sit behind him. But this is what happens when you put in young quarterbacks. They're not all going to shine from uh, from day one, as we're <laughs> Trevor Lawrence uh, seeing, <laughs> despite how much uh, momentum they had coming into it, how much they uh, how much hype they had. He only threw three interceptions in the entire 2020 season when he was with BYU. So he'll be fine. He just needs time to figure it out. Unfortunately, New York, that rowdy crowd who's already booing him, that's not the place to do it. Mac Jones, uh, fine. Uh, I think he'll get progressively better as it goes on. But all in all, kind of a boring game. Well, him. Mm-hmm, boring mm-hmm. games are, are one thing, especially if they're your favorite team. But you know what? Mac Jones, who? Mac Jones will be just fine. Uh, <laughs> let's get into Denver Jacksonville. Jerry okay. Judy might not be with his team for a while. It's rumored he has the same sort of high ankle sprain that LeBron James has. And I don't think you really want to be labeled as an athlete who has a similar sprain to another another sport. Not even like another person in the league who's gotten a high ankle sprain. When someone's like, oh, this is a LeBron injury. Say no more of him. I don't want to hear it. Uh, Denver seems to be doing just fine without him, though. Noah Fant, Tim Patrick, catching a couple touchdown passes from Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. He did enough. He was no picks. He helped get those two passing touchdowns and close enough for three field goals to put this one away. The Jags may not win a football game for a little bit of time here. Uh, Whatever experiment that they're trying, it is not translating on the field yet. They scored first in the game, if you can believe that. They they had the ball. Uh, they scored about you know nine minutes into the game. They would not score any more points in the game until 526 left in regulation off of a 102-yard kick return touchdown. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence only threw the, the one TD in the beginning, threw two ugly picks. The run game is non-existent. This is a team that is going to be very difficult to watch. This is a team that's very difficult to start their fantasy players because it's like a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to do every week. I, I support... Robinson, James Robinson. The dude has, has done many things for my fantasy team, but I yeah, he's not winning me any weeks this this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was pretty bad. Denver wins big. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> speaking of winning big, I had Bills and Dolphins. And if anybody had guessed that the outcome was going to be what it was on Sunday, I would have called you a liar. However, Historically, somebody might have predicted this because it's the Bills' sixth straight win over the Dolphins, ties the longest streak versus Miami uh, in franchise history. Uh, it also ties the largest margin of victory in the last 25 years for the Bills. Uh, the last time was in 2014. They won 38 to three against uh, the Jets. 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 Uh, Josh Allen came out, uh, had another decent day i say decent because obviously they put up 35 points but this was a rushing affair uh alan himself he was 17 of 33 he had 179 passing yards he had uh two passing touchdowns he did have uh one interception um zach moss on the other side i mean uh zach moss uh carrying the ball 
is really in their rushing core as a whole is really what kind of put this game over the top. Um, he only had 26 yards, but he had two rushing touchdowns. So if you sat him because uh, week one, uh, he was inactive and decided you were going to, you know, see how it pans out. Uh, sorry for your loss. Uh, that was a tough <laughs> one. That was a tough one. Um, two were left in the first quarter of this game. And it was very apparent that Jacoby Brissett is not quite ready uh, yet. I mean, every time he comes in, you root for him and you hope that he does well. He went 24-40, he had 169 yards, uh, one interception. Dolphins themselves had three turnovers. They allowed six sacks. Uh, Jacoby was pressured nearly half the time. Uh, He dropped back. So the defense wasn't helping. The offense wasn't helping. Injuries weren't helping. Um, not not a great day. It's their first shutout loss uh, since 2019. So uh, it's also their largest uh, losing score that they've had at any point. Um, but total rushing yards, the entire team combined was uh, about 68-ish, 69-ish. So just not a good look. Um, you know, you hope Tua can get healthy and come back in. We know he was a big injury risk prior to joining the NFL. Um, thankfully, this isn't a hip. This isn't a knee. This is nothing lower leg. It's just a uh, likely a bruised rib. So he should be fine. But man, man, oh man, ugly game. We got a lot of work to do. The reason he got injured was because his uh, offensive line cannot protect him. So that's something to keep an eye on as this season goes forward. Just think about that line. You, you actually you, you got to spend some picks on them and hope that it all works out. All right, San Francisco, Philly. I chose San Francisco here. Look, Philly's going to be a good story. They're going to win a lot of games. But, Tim, this is a stat that literally doesn't matter. Quez Watkins, wide receiver for the Eagles, two receptions, 117 yards. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, 190 yards in the day. A buck 17 went to that guy. That dude had a 90-yard reception, and they didn't score. The Philly special doesn't work for any anyone or any team Mm -hmm. unless it's the Eagles and Nick Foles. Uh, It was very bad to see them trot that out there. Like, come on, that is arrogant as fuck. You're just going to go out and you're going to attempt to, well, you get the same head coach. You're just going to go ahead and, or no, the new head coach. You're just going to throw out the the old head coach's plays. What a terrible idea. Um, They muffed it up. The Niners were actually held in check for a large part of this game. Debo Samuel did most of the lifting. Jimmy G did most of the short, intermediate, three to five yard passes, and they just dinked and dunked and kept themselves in. Then they scored a rushing touchdown, they kicked a couple of field goals, and they were never in danger of losing this game, which mm-hmm. is insane because the Niners' running back room looks like an episode of American Horror Story because of all the injuries people on IR. I kind of used to believe in the Eagles, but now I'm kind of like latching on to the fact that because Jimmy G is just going to dink and dunk their way down the field and they still have a decent defense that this team is going to be a pain in the ass for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm hoping that it doesn't stay that way, though. San Francisco 19, Philadelphia 11. 11. 11 damn points. 11. <laughs> the fuck? Uh, it's a good transition because you go to Philly uh, right into uh, Rams-Colts. And I have to tell you, I, I feel bad for Carson Wentz. He's someone I find myself rooting for uh every weekend i mean he seems like a a pretty likable guy he seems like he's 
uh, you know, a good teammate. No, I, all of this is at face value and what we see in here on TV, right? He could be a, a complete douchebag and I wouldn't know it. Um, but I, I felt like he really had a chance to win this game. Uh, he went 20 for 31. He had 247 yards. He had one passing touchdown. Uh, he did have one interception, but he's lost all of his last six starts. All of them. And some of it's because of injuries he was playing through. Um, and this one, he had a, an apparent ankle injury at one point and then getting replaced by Jacob Eason. Two uh, ankle injuries. Yeah, well, two ankle injuries. Yeah. Um, but, man, it's like, what does this dude have to do to try and win a game? He With, with seven minutes left in the, uh, in the fourth quarter, they came down and tied the game. He thought, here it is. They're going to win. Uh, you know, they'll hold them. They'll come down. They'll kick a field goal or something and of course not end up letting uh the rams march down the field and matt gay hits a 38 yard field goal to win the game um man some stats that uh that kind of matter i guess uh sean mcveigh if he's leading at the half is 37 and oh 37 after after leading at the half which is uh, pretty crazy. It's the longest streak in the NFL uh, amongst active coaches and, and players right now. So uh, Stafford, he played okay. He was 19 of 30, 278 yards, two passing touchdowns. He did have an interception. Um, it's it, This is, you know, those teams we talked about where everybody kind of swapped around and you wondered how they were going to kind of pan out. This is one that uh, I kind of looked forward to watching. You wanted to see these quarterbacks on their new teams and how they play respectively. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it, it, it turned out to be an interesting game, but I, I couldn't help but find myself disappointed as soon as, you know, I, it was exciting to watch, but as soon as it got injured again, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, man, like, can this guy catch a break? Cup was back shining. Uh, he was the first player to record 100 yards in each of the team's uh, first two games uh, since uh, Isaac Bruce, famer Isaac Bruce back in 2004. So uh, good to see him kind of contributing. He was one of those that was like a fantasy superstar that kind of was relegated kind of to the, to the back end a little bit, but seems to be uh, finding some new light. But Carson Wentz, man, I don't know. He's got to do something i don't know what it is uh he needs to get on that tom brady diet do some more stretches who knows all right let's go las vegas pittsburgh i said pittsburgh is gonna bounce back i didn't really believe in the raiders shout out to uh, aj grant <clears throat> every time I, I come up with the trash take about the raiders he stays in my dms lets me know how wrong i was tim Derek carr leads the nfl in passing yards and is a candidate for mvp Derek Carr leads the NFL in passing yards and is a candidate for MVP. What the hell is going on here? It seems like the ending of the Raiders-Jets game from last year where a last-second touchdown was thrown over the top of the defense is film that no team gives a shit to watch because it keeps happening. It's happening yep. back-to-back games. No defensive coordinators tried to stop it, and it's gone to two different people. And Derek Carr, he took a lot of hits in this game. But Derek Carr decided to stay in there and just just – just sail it right over the defense into the arms of Henry Ruggs, who was probably drafted specifically for that purpose. Uh, two things are certain. Darren Waller is going to have a 1,000 targets this season because all that dude 
does is get peppered with targets. And Daniel Carson is a hell of a kicker because whenever they couldn't get close, they just trusted him to do it. When he needed to win the game last week against the Ravens, he went out there and he booted every single kick that he needed to make. I took Daniel Carson as a kicker in some of my fantasy leagues. I was like, he's projected to get a lot of points. He's had one season, high risk, high reward. Dude is paying off in my league and in the league for the AFC West team known as the Raiders. Um, well, the Steelers didn't look great in this game. Run game could not get going. Ben tossed a pick. He's nursing a peck injury now. Juju scored a rushing touchdown. And now there are more just obnoxious TikTok videos that I keep seeing. I don't know if the two are related. I think that is the case. Um, the Juju videos are cool. Whatever. Get your Gen Z folks to watch the game. I, I don't know. It, look. The autumn wind is a raider. And this is the first day of autumn. So I just, just got to... I don't, I don't want to. I hate this. I hate that I have to do this. <laughs> Raiders just oh, win, God. baby. Twenty-six Steelers, seventeen. Yeah, I, uh, I find myself. I don't. I don't know why. Rooting for. I'm not even a big John Gruden fan, but I find myself like rooting for the Raiders when they're on. I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go. Let's do this. And I don't I even know. know why. I, I, I know. actually, actually, when I say I don't like, I mean I'm not a big John Gruden fan. I, I mean I genuinely like kind of don't like him a little bit um and i really don't have any reason it's just his attitude it's um uh, I, I liked him better as an on-air personality when he was sitting down and reviewing tape with quarterbacks and uh and college players that was i think his wheelhouse tim, now he's tim, winning so i can't complain tim, yeah. tim listen i think what we do you look at this guy right here okay this guy loves football right here he loves yeah. this john gruden guy loves football <laughs> And I, the thing I love about Derek Carr, man, he really gets into it. He throws a nice deep ball. He's not fantastic. He's not the best thing in the world. He's not a world beater, but he's a brow beater. And I love brow beaters, Tim. <laughs> okay? Now, go ahead and break this off with your next one. Don't talk All right, trash All right. about the Raiders. All right, Frank. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. So uh, what happened to Joey Burrow and his roaring? He literally uh, roared the ball right into the other team's hands uh, several times. Uh, yeah, not his best happens. outing. Yeah. So Bears Bengals. Uh, this one was a little bit of a surprise because you had this young buck that Sam's been uh, riding high for uh, a wee bit. And by wee bit, I mean ever since uh, last he season. came into the league and then yeah. when he got injured and then when he came back into the league this season. Uh, man either has some rust or was having a problem uh, figuring his shit out because he went 19 of 30. He had 270 yards. He had two passing touchdowns, three interceptions on only four sacks. So uh, he's 0-6-1 in seven career road starts. Only three and two in the five home starts. So uh, I think the roaring days are over. And at this point, we're hoping for like a slight meow, perhaps, as he comes uh <laughs> uh into you know early season form but andy dalton the red rider uh came out looked like he was gonna do well uh 9 of 11 56 yards he had a passing touchdown he left in the second and uh all hail justin fields the the savior of chicago is not justin justin fields that is not him uh he came in <laughs> Uh, and immediately ended all of the speculation and controversy when it comes to Dalton versus Fields and who they should have started. 
made everyone look stupid because the, the poor kid went 16 of 13. He only had 60 yards. Uh, he did have 31 rushing yards on 10 carries, uh, 10 passing yards. But man, oh man, did that man struggle to take care of the ball. Uh, he had an interception, two sacks, a fumble. Not a great look. Uh, he finished the day uh, with a passer rating of 27.7, which is just marginally higher than what we saw out of Aaron yeah, Rodgers last week. And that was a, an abysmal, an abysmal start. Um, they were helped a little bit by uh, a couple. I mean, the, the turnovers definitely helped, but they had a, a, a pick six on one of those. So this was kind of an ugly game. You had Burroughs, their starter, not doing great. He struggled a little bit. Uh, Jamar Chase actually, you know, kind of held it together a little bit for the Bengals, but didn't have enough to kind of put it on his back and and uh, and take care of business. The Bears ended up winning twenty to seventeen. Um, it's you know, this is another one of those those games rife with injuries, which is something we're going to talk about a lot this weekend. Um, it's a knee injury. Hopefully it's nothing uh, nothing major, but I think this does answer the question between Fields. I don't think Fields is ready. Uh, I literally just said uh, they started Wilson a little too early. I think this is a case of Fields not being ready to fill in for uh, this kind of position. Preparation, I, I don't know what this was. I don't think the Cincinnati defense is amazing by any stretch of the imagination. So um that won't be an interesting one to watch. If Dalton misses any extended time, you kind of hope the kid bounces back. You wonder what this is going to look like to his confidence level because you know he had to be shaken up coming out of that game. Uh, but at the same token, he was only in for uh, – it ended up being just a little bit over two quarters of a game, so there wasn't a lot of halftime adjustments he could make. There wasn't a lot of things that they could sort of adjust on the fly. So, um, you know, hopefully Dalton comes back. Fields kind of figures his stuff out, but uh, some big questions in Cincinnati with uh, Mr. Burroughs. That's a that's an abysmal record. He has not won a road game yet. So well, it's hard to win games in the National Football League. All right, Texans, Browns. Tim, stop me if you've heard this before. Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Everyone's oh. heard that. Everyone's well, heard that before. This is my I shock just, face. I just I feel I feel bad for that guy. You said you felt bad about Carson Wentz. I feel bad about Tyrod Taylor. A dude had a punctured lung when he was with the Chargers because someone gave him a wrong needle. Like mm. the, the, a medical professional messed that up. Now he's like getting hurt in this game. Whew. You know who Davis Mills is? No, no one does. I don't either. Um, he's now the starting quarterback for the Texans since Deshaun Watson is still sitting in the game on the sidelines for this week, this upcoming week. This is crazy. Somehow the team is still trotting out there. Mad props to head coach David Caldwell for keeping the team. Together, energized. Brandon Cooks is scoring touchdowns. Ingram, Johnson, everyone's getting involved. Uh, but that doesn't matter to the Browns because they use Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb to merrily roll right along. Baker Mayfield threw for 23, 213 yards in a TD, and 51 of those yards in a TD came from Demetric Falcon. Now, if you've ever followed the Browns, they have wide receivers with incredible names. Odell Beckham Jr., Donovan Peoples-Jones, Demetric Falcon. This is almost like the... East uh, East Coast, West Coast, Key and Peel's get come to life. Like with some of these names, you're just sort of like, these are amazing names. How are they on a roster and how have we not heard their name called? And then Demetric Falcon goes and scores 
a 51 yard touchdown. It just, it just sounds incredible. Uh, I can't memorize all these names for these receivers, but Jarvis Landry's hurt. Odell Beckham is not back in the lineup yet. So we might have to learn these, these names. Uh, Browns 31 Texans 21. Uh, man. Stop me if you've heard this one before, but Sam Darnold is a good quarterback and Jameis Winston is not. <laughs> one of those things you have heard before. The other one uh, is new and feels weird coming out of my mouth. Tim, uh, are you going to, are you going to do it? No, that's a W. That's a W. We try to eat. I literally was talking shit the whole time I was watching this game saying like, that's, that's what you get, bitch. Eat that W. Uh, because he did not. He ate Sam Darnold's W. Um, this is a family podcast. I don't think we can be. Well, no, it's not a family podcast. We're cussing. I'm just saying you can be careful with what flags you're saying they're eating. We're flagged. We're flagged. Uh, you got to be a big kid to to listen to this. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it was a it was a rough outing for Winston. I don't know if this was coming in riding a little high on your last week, uh, thinking you're, um a better quarterback than you are, but man, talk about literally, literally smashing down to earth. He went 11, 11 of only 22 attempts. He had 111 yards, two interceptions, four sacks, passer rating of 26.9. Did get a touchdown on the ground, but if we, Hop back in our time machine and go back to last week and listen to the podcast. You're going to hear me say, this one's a little weird. Something doesn't match up on paper. Because if you look at his numbers, they don't necessarily match the amount of touchdowns he had. So take this one with a grain of salt. That's what I said. This is what happens when you attempt those same amount of passes and you miss half of them. uh, And you, you know miss one of them bad enough you literally give it to the other team uh twice actually uh Jameis Winston it ain't him fam Sam Darnold on the other hand a little change of scenery seems to be doing that kid some wonders we saw a lot of that going on we were wondering who was going to succeed who wasn't who was just going to get relegated to switching teams and be the next Fitzpatrick or you know one of those guys but Sam Darnold is really kind of finding his groove and fitting in really well. He went 26 of 38, uh, 305 yards, two touchdowns, did have an interception, and he did fumble the ball. So it wasn't exactly a perfect game by any means, but uh, he did well. He looked, uh, I will, I'll stop short of saying elite. We're still too early for that. But he you say he looked well. elite? Is that what you're going to uh, say? No, no, I, no, 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 no. I was going to say he looked like one of the better quarterbacks on the day this weekend. Um, It helps when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey who can catch the ball for, uh, you know, 72 yards, get you a touchdown. Uh, I'm sorry. He he had 65 receiving yards and 72 rushing yards. So he was all over the place. He contributes week in and week out. It's good to see him healthy. Uh, DJ Moore also helped. He had eight receptions. He had 79 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, all in all, the distribution of the ball was great. Uh, he had a total of, uh, I mean, like nine targets on the day. I mean, nine different receivers that uh, ended up uh, catching the ball. So it's it's uh, it was a solid outing. I think it's a continued step 
in the right direction. I think as we see these things go on week after week, uh, we're going to start seeing uh, him get more comfortable. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see them win a lot of games this year. Um, the Saints, I don't necessarily count as a big time, you know, test in terms of ability. But I do think it's I, I do think it's a, a team worth watching. Um, you had Alvin Kamara, who was almost non-existent in the game, which was a little strange. So that's another one to kind of keep an eye on. He was in for 36, uh, 36 of the snaps, and he only had eight carries. So, uh, you know, obviously, they for whatever reason, they're just not going to him very often. So if you have him on your list, I don't know. I mean, if he's on your team, I don't know if I would start him. I don't know if some of this is fallout from offseason or if there's something we don't know about. But Sam Darnold. I can't believe I'm saying this. Sam Darnold and the and the Panthers might be a team to kind of keep your eye on a little bit. It it feels just as gross to say that as it does about the Raiders. But I mean, <laughs> I, I've heard some grumblings of like a Cardinals Raiders Super Bowl, and there's a Vegas line for it. It blows my mind. I still feel gross saying it, but that that could happen. Um, Panthers could slide in there if they sneak out a couple more of these. But we got to pump the brakes a little bit. We got some time. That would be insane. All right. Vikings Cardinals, speaking of. Mm. Tim, if you told me that you had a quarterback that tossed three touchdowns, no picks, you had a stud running back that went over 120 yards, and you had a you know a second-year wide receiver going out there, 60, 70 yards, catching a touchdown, you would think you're probably that's probably enough to win the game. But no, it does not matter when you're going against the karate kid himself, Mr. Kyler Murray. Three <laughs> touchdowns. Through the air, 400 yards, two interceptions, one of which was returned for six the other way. He rushed for another touchdown. My fantasy squad loves him. How in the hell do we miss talking about Rondell Moore? Seven receptions, 100-some-odd freaking yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the Vikings have got to figure out how to stop teams because when a third quarter picks six, which kind of changes the tide for a lot of teams, when that is not enough to put you ahead and you watch your opponent, with four and a half minutes left to go in the game. Can you game-winning field goal? What the skull are you doing? Jesus. I, I feel I, I feel kind of bad for the Vikings here. We, we've be, beleaguered Kirk Cousins in his abilities, but that dude played practically perfect. He, he, he got the touchdowns. He put the team in position to score. Everything was clicking, and the defense was like, oh, we have a game today? Some of us are here. But Kyler Murray just, I mean, every week there's just there's just these crazy highlights. And I, I'm getting, I'm panicking a little bit because, you know, he's in the NFC West. He's gonna, he's, he was tearing up the Seahawks already last year, and he just looks to be even more fierce this year. Not a fan mm-hmm. of it. Not a fan whatsoever. Um, but look, teams have got to start figuring out ways to shut Kyler down. You've got a whole year of film on him last year. You're seeing he's doing more of the same this year. You've got to find ways to start taking – taking that dude back a notch and no one's doing it. And if a coach like Mike Zimmer, a defensive minded coach like Mike Zimmer is not able to do it. Oh boy. I think that spells bad news for us. The league Cardinals win 34, 33. You're not going to like this one. You may want to get up and, and grab a drink or go to the bathroom. Or, or <laughs> I did or open do, my sidecar. So yeah. Yeah. Or do something because <clears throat> this one's uh this one's uh this one's going to be a big one. And it's going to sound 
like I'm uh, fanboying here, but these are legitimate statistics that are worth mentioning because of what we're seeing. And I, I cannot understate like what it is that we're actually watching. And at this point, if you're still on like the hater wagon and you're claiming cheating or whatever else, we're talking about Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. He's on a whole new team with a whole different roster and doing the same exact shit. So that should make everything else from the Patriots era null and void and as fact in the history book. So there's no more going back thinking like, eh, ah, dude, you move to another team and you are still doing crazy things. Tampa Bay. Okay, listen to this. They're the first team in NFL history to score at least 30 points and win in nine straight games across the regular season and the playoffs. It breaks a tie with uh, two other teams. You know what teams those are? I'm guessing they're the 2007 to 2011 Patriots. Oh, you would be completely correct. And do you know who yep. the quarterback was at that time? Uh, I think it was, uh, was it was it Brian Hoyer or was it Matt Castle? So. It was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but man, man, it is. A, a thing to see. And if you aren't just watching it now, it's like it's like Jeter's tail end of his career. You don't have to be a Yankees fan, but you'd still tune in and, and watch to see like history. You knew you were watching something special or or when you were watching Jordan or like if you watch LeBron now, like you're watching these things, not because you're a fan, but because you want to like take in what it is that you're seeing or Tiger Woods, uh, you know, every time he's on playing, you're watching it because you know what you're watching is something uh, worth watching. Like, there's no other way around it. Like, you know that you're going to be watching 10 years from now an NFL story. In fact, I think uh, later this year, is, uh, he's got his own uh, The Last Dance-style documentary coming, um, which is crazy to say because you had, Le- you had Jordans come this far after his retirement. This guy's been playing football for so long. That they they're like I mean the hell with it let's just do it now he's still playing let's <laughs> see what happens maybe it's sixty years old he'll he'll continue playing but he was twenty four of thirty six two hundred seventy six yards five touchdowns five five tutties nine passing touchdowns to the first two games in the season uh it's tied for the second most in NFL history uh behind Patrick Mahomes who had ten so you know he's one off. But uh, he's the first player in Bucks history with multiple games of five passing touchdowns, uh, four straight games with four passing touchdowns, tying Dan Marino in 1984 for the second longest streak in history. Peyton Manning in 2004 has the record of uh, five. Um, it's it's tough. And when you look at the other side, you see Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's another one I feel bad for. It's like, what the hell does that guy have to do to win ball game? Because they they were close enough. They should have won this game. Um, but if you look at the opponent and they score 48 points, like what the hell are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? Um, what doesn't help, I mean, he, he went for, you know, 35 of 46. He threw for 300 yards. He had two touchdowns, but he did uh, turn the ball over three times. Now, this is this is a debate we should actually do a little digging in and like, get some information on because I feel like there needs to be a separate classification for this because two of those were batted at the line. Uh, one was batted up 
crazy high and was returned because they, you know, they were literally standing on the on the goal line. So I, I feel like there's a statistic that needs to be put in place that that differentiates between batted balls or deflected balls and and, and actual turnovers. But um, he's one of those guys that you know he comes out and he puts out strong games, but it, he tends to always fall just shy of um, you know whatever team he's playing against. Like they'll have like a stellar game and they'll lose by a field goal. This is obviously not a field goal. This is, you know, a history making performance because uh, Tom Brady's literally on track right now. If he can somehow manage to do this for an entire season to break every touchdown record uh, in the books, um, Gronkowski got out again. He had uh, two receiving touchdowns uh, for the second straight week, third tight end in history with multiple receiving touchdowns in each one of his uh, first two games on a, on a new team. Um, but if we start breaking down who got the ball in this game, this is exactly what I was talking about, uh, week one where you were, you know, we went back on social media and you were scoffing and first of all, not reading and comprehending well, but, uh, (laughs) we were going back and forth where I said, uh, it's a liability for fantasy teams, not opposing teams for fantasy teams. I mean, by by default, it is a if if it's a risk or fantasy, it is a risk for the opposing team. But uh, if you compare Week One receiving yards to Week Two receiving yards, uh, this week it was all Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Gronkowski only had thirty nine. Uh, Antonio Brown only had seventeen. So if you started Gronkowski and Antonio based off of their first week, you just shot yourself in the foot because they, you know, probably got you like four and seven points or whatever your league scoring is. So again, Gronkowski probably redeemed some with the two touchdowns, but he had pretty low reception, uh, receiving yards. This one was Godwin and Evans next week. It might be someone totally different. Like OJ Howard might find a way to kind of get involved a little bit. So just something, something to keep in mind. You got to pay attention you, you got to uh, be concerned when it comes to starting uh, any receiving core that's on a uh, Tom Brady-led team because you literally cannot predict week in and week out who it is that's going to get the ball. So maybe use him as a flex position, but I don't know if I would use him as a, as a starter. But um, tune in, watch history, because this shit is amazing. Yeah, especially when you're sitting – Gronkowski on your bench back-to-back weeks, and he has multiple touchdowns. Just the third tight end in history to do that. I hope he just doesn't do it again next week because he's in my lineup. All right, <laughs> let's go on here. Titans, Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Tim, let's burn the podcast tape from last week. I'm sure you have the uh, the recording. Let's go ahead and strick it from the records. Let's go ahead and remove the episode. I listened to it. I listened to it. I listened to the podcast a lot. Mm. And, uh, man, the arrogance that I spoke with last week was <laughs> – no, but, but there was it was homerism, but I, you know, the, like there's usually a, a time where the Seahawks will make it, make it close, make it interessante, as I like to call it. Uh, Seattle would have won this game if football was only played for three quarters, but uh, they went into the fourth quarter up 15 points, and that was not enough, which is in fucking sanity. Okay, yep. I'm gonna keep it together as as quickly as I possibly can because the more I talk about this, the more upset I'm gonna get. But as we are racing against the clock here. Seattle is already looking like the Seattle of the second half of last season. Mm-hmm. Three and outs, run game lagging, play calls. I, I don't know. I'm kind of glad this game happened in September, but I'm kind of not because they lost in overtime, 33-30. Uh, Russell Wilson, first part of the game, connected with Freddie Swain, Tyler Lockett. 
everyone. 50, 60 yard bomb. Beautiful. Chris Carson is rushing, getting a couple touchdowns, only 13 attempts. Defense bottling up King Derrick Henry for three quarters. And the fourth quarter was like amnesia. It was like 51st dates. They had no yeah. idea what was going on. They got aggressive. There was penalties. So many penalties, Tim. Tim, Tim, mm. 10 penalties for over 100 yards. You're always going to beat your defense when your defense is beating your defense. And I know that sounds like football speak, but when you think about it, you contain someone for three quarters, then you overshoot gaps, then you have silly penalties, then there's the taunting rule, which I think was stupid and not enforced. Enough times, but now it's enforced, and Seattle was lucky because they got the stop after the taunting penalty, but just what the hell? Derrick Henry, three touchdowns, 182 yards, matches a franchise high that's been allowed. The other person to do that was Adrian Peterson. So I get what you're saying. Oh, generational talent running back. Not a big deal. Very big deal. Very big deal for a team that's coached by Pete Carroll who wants to stop the run and not let big plays over the top. What a very painful game. Very painful game. By the time Tennessee tied this at the end of regulation, I knew it was curtains. But being the Seahawks fan that I am, I like pain. So I believe that the Hawks had a chance even when they didn't win the coin toss. Even when they got that first three and out in overtime. But then they went three and out. And, uh, well, they just kept marching down. And a missed a miss kick here on both teams could have maybe not said this, this game to overtime. It, it doesn't matter. If I was a defensive coordinator, I'm selling out to stop the run. Who do I want to stop? Julio Jones from getting 150 yards because he had 120? Or a 2,000-yard rusher named Derrick Henry who's going to gash me for a franchise-tying record amount? I'm going to stop Derrick Henry, but I'm not a defensive coordinator. I don't understand what the hell happened. Seattle lost in OT, 33-30. Burn the film. Don't want to talk about it anymore. We're done. <laughs> uh <clears throat> This week, we saw a little bit of a return to form for a uh, one Austin Eckler in the Cowboys-Charger game. Hell um, yeah! <laughs> uh, not, I mean, not, nothing really like overly career-worthy, but he did come out and contribute, which there's been a lot of red flags uh, coming into this one. He is one that seems to be trending in the right direction. Dak Prescott. Uh, is another player who is uh, continuing to to play well with a little asterisk on this one. He did turn the ball over once uh, in a, uh, in a fumble, and he had a uh, interception. But no no receiving touchdowns this time. But he had 237 yards. Uh, Justin Herbert, though, he seems to be the curious case of the Chargers QB yet again. Uh, every time he has like a solid outing, he goes and. Fucks it up somehow. Uh, 31 of 41 with 338 yards. He did have a, a touchdown, uh, but he had two interceptions again, which is in, in, insane. It's his third career game with multiple interceptions. Um, the Chargers are two of eight when he throws an interception. And if he doesn't and keeps it together and protects the ball, they're five and two. So that's a big problem. Right. Uh, if you're watching the game and he throws, uh, he throws a pick, you better start, you know, parlaying and rolling over and whatever you got to do to try and save your bet because uh, it's not good. But um, he otherwise, like he tends to protect the ball pretty well. Uh, he tends to get it to his receivers. He makes uh, relatively smart moves and then kind of 
just forgets for a player too. It's his third straight 300 yard passing game. Um, for the first time in his career, he's gone uh, three games in a row. But what kills them is uh, penalties. They are they had 12 in this game that were accepted against him. It's the most since 2018. So there's there's something strange there. I know they're coming off of a five game winning streak, but uh, they're a team that seems to be like on the cusp of having figured it out, but not quite there yet. Uh, Eckler, not totally there yet either. Uh, I know in his first week, he had all the goal line carries. Uh, they were cut down quite a bit uh, this time around. Um, so this is a team I think that's still trying to find its identity. I think Mike Williams is becoming uh, a, a player that you might want to consider starting uh, or at least adding to your team if you haven't already. Um, he's in a contract year. Obviously, we know what happens. It ends up being, you know, a little extra effort, you know, when that happens, trying to earn yourself a little bit of a paycheck. He had 91 yards and only uh, seven receptions. So his his production uh, was fantastic on the day. So a couple little takeaways from that. I think, uh, you know, with Dak and, and the Cowboys, I think they're another team that they're going to do well. Um, but another team that seems to kind of swap in and out who it is that they're going to utilize the most week in and week out. Some of that's game planning. Some of that is what the defense gives you. But uh, last week it was Cooper. This week it was uh, C.D. Lamb. He had 81 yards on eight receptions. Uh, his longest was a, a 34-yard reception. Um, Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott is still kind of you know creeping in the background not really contributing as often as what we would have seen he doesn't seem to necessarily be their their go-to guy he did have more attempts but uh hit 16 attempts for 71 yards but um uh, tony pollard is you know he was a beast 13 carries 100 in yard 109 yards he had a touchdown his longest was a 28 yard run um at 31 yards uh, receiving as well. So this was this is one of those games, again, where if you're watching it, it was kind of frustrating you a little bit because you're probably rooting for them to go to, you know, the, the favorites. But uh, the Cowboys are a team that, that seem to be finding ways to string together decent games. Uh, it's good to see Dak come back and, and, and find a groove again. Um, defense has a couple things they need to iron out, letting up 338 yards to... The Herbert is, you know, something that's going to come back and bite you a little bit. Like this was a close enough game uh, that they could have lost it at any point and end up coming down to a Cowboys uh, field goal with uh, no time left. And it was a 56 yard field goal. Uh, so they're playing close. They're they're finding ways to keep themselves in it. But unless they can sure up some of that defense, they're going to they're, they're going to have a lot of these close games. and They're not going to come out on the uh, the right side of some of these. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Sunday night game. Kansas City, Baltimore. I said going in, yeah, Baltimore's not going to win. Right? We have talked about maybe folks have figured Lamar Jackson out. Here's what I figured out. Nobody except for Lamar Jackson has Lamar Jackson figured out, and probably the people that drafted him and the people that coach him. Uh, Actual backyard football took place in this game. It was insane. The game started with a pick six. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Another end zone interception. There was some good defensive stands, and then everyone's like, nah, let's go ahead and throw physics out. Let's just go ahead and just, just keep doing whatever. Um, Lamar, at one point, jumped and threw a pass in the air. And not like Aaron Rodgers when he kind of jumps off the ground. We're talking like leaked, trying to jump out the gym and throw a touchdown pass. It's bananas. Absolutely bananas. This just proves for me that the Chiefs need to defensively put down whatever team they sink their teeth into. They they allow teams to sort of hang around, and it's not good. Um, Mahomes was pretty good in this game, but Tyreek Hill got bottled up. The Ravens said, you're not, you're not getting to him. You have to find someone else. <laughs> That's great. Travis Kelsey, my first-round draft pick, did a lot of work. And I needed it, for sure. Mm-hmm. They needed it. The Chiefs needed it, for sure. Uh, but it didn't really matter because sticky coverage kept Tyreek from blowing the top off the defense. They kept it close. And then this magical, magical fourth and one situation where the Chiefs are ahead but the Ravens just need a field goal. And the, this was fantastic, absolutely fantastic production by the Sunday night crew. There's a shot of Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. And he's yelling, yelling at Lamar. Lamar, Lamar, you want to go for it? You want to go for it? Everyone in America was like, dude, of course he wants to fucking go for it. Why right. are you even asking that question? But it just, it, it brought me back. And then he ended up saying after the game to Michelle Tafoya, they brought him back to the Seattle game. Mm-hmm. We're on fourth and one. Hey, Lamar, you want to go for it? Hell yeah, I want to go for it, coach. And he got so impassioned, and he, and he convinced Harbaugh to go for it. They went for it. He ended up scoring a touchdown. Seattle lost. Go back and listen to the episode last year. I was, like, heartbroken by that. It was great to see them do it to another team and not mine. <laughs> but <laughs> the Chiefs, oh, my God. You get two um, You get two interceptions from Tyron Matthew. You almost get a third. You've got to put a team down when they do that. You have Patrick friggin' Mahomes. Tyree kills being double covered. Find Byron Pringle. Clyde Edwards Larry's getting going. Find somebody else. I just expected so much. And I, even when the Chiefs were behind, I was like, now nah, they're going to come back. And then the Ravens just said, here are our balls. They're bigger than yours. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, nah. And then it happened. So, I mean, sorry for the descriptive language, folks, but that's what it was. It was insane. They actually believed in themselves so much. And they're like, now we're just going to go for this. And then for them to pick up the fourth and one. And I think one of the stats they reference in the game, they've done it like 16 times and they've picked it up 13 or 14 times. It's almost automatic. So essentially, you should never let them get the fourth and one because <laughs> what's going to happen on the sideline is Harbaugh is going to yuck it up for the NFL films. Lamar, Lamar, you trying to go for this? We already know the answer to the damn question, Tim. So. I, I know there's not a lot of back and forth in this segment because Sam and I could talk for five hours about this, but I did say that I thought, and if we go back in previous years, I've kind of said this, that I think people are starting to figure out Mahomes. They're starting to figure out the Chiefs a little bit. The Chiefs are kind of aging a little bit. They're starting to show some some holes. You know, you, you have off-season transitions and, and players leaving and coming in and that sort of stuff, but... um you know, I all I kept thinking about was like how much of an idiot I sound like because I said on that particular podcast if I had to pick one I was going to take Lamar and but I or I said when I had picked that the previous year I looked stupid and I would have taken uh, the Chiefs uh, this last weekend 
And then here you are with vintage Lamar coming out. Not only did he win, but he won with like eight guys, including six starters, uh, not playing out yep. for injury with like, like season ending career risking injuries with like ACL tears and MCL tears and whatnot. And he still came out and beat what is arguably the best team uh, in football, which then makes you wonder, are they currently actually the best team in football? I think there's a lot of question marks there, but I, I think, and I've been, I've been slowly tooting that little bit of horn saying, I think teams are going to start figuring it out soon. And I think what we're seeing is maybe some of that. Now, again, it's Lamar Jackson and, he was sort of like the second best to Mahomes, you know, three years ago. So, you know, grain of salt, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking you of the best. You're good at this, Tim. Yeah. Speaking Except of the best. Except for this prediction. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, what, what's silly is I I sat there making my pick last week and I could have completely justified either one of them. I could have. I could have said I would have been totally comfortable saying, you know what? The likelihood of him leaving, uh, losing two games in a row is uh highly unlikely they'll make some adjustments and come back um i'm all right with my pick uh i think this was um i don't i don't i don't quite know how to how to track this one up i know everyone's quick to say oh he's returned to form and uh he's the same player now and this was just you know a, a hiccup in in what he was doing before i think this was just him making smart decisions uh it was 22 or 27 255 yards, four touchdowns, and just didn't turn the ball over once. He just took care of the ball against a defense that is um, okay, right? Like the Lions defense, I don't think, is a team that, you know, you go into it thinking like, ooh, I don't know about this. You know, this this team's going to play against us. Difficult. I, I, I don't see that in the Lions. So I'll take this one a little bit with a grain of salt. I think this is one where... Um, you know, Aaron Jones really kind of put the team on their back. And I think he deserves a little bit more praise, I think, than Rodgers does. I mean, there was a pass where he was literally wide open, right? Like that was blown coverage and poor defense. Um, But he had three rushing touchdowns and he had one receiving touchdown. I uh, Sorry, one rushing touchdown and three receiving touchdowns. Uh, and he, so he scored all, you know, Almost all the touchdowns, except for uh, Robert Tanyan, who did uh, who did have another receiving touchdown. But um, it was it was one of those games that I pause a little bit, and I wonder if we look at this the same way we look at Jameis Winston, where we're like looking for a reason to say, "Oh, I mean, look at this. Is he back? Is he back?" <laughs> I think we got to give it another game before we really decide. I mean, people are like, "Oh, the thirteen and one Packers are back." If you were to remove uh, Aaron Jones from the equation. I don't necessarily know if this would have even turned out remotely close to the way it was. Now, I guess you can say that about any injury on on any any one given team. Um, but it was, I don't know, something something in watching it just didn't feel like vintage, same old Aaron Rodgers. I think that might be just viewing it through the lens of his first week and how poor I thought that was. Um, but you know, statistically wise, this one was a uh, this one was a you know near near perfect game. So what can you really say? It's his 25th game with four passing touchdowns. He's third most in NFL history. Uh, I'll guess who's behind. Um, 
We already know who it is. But, uh, anyway. Brett Favre. Yeah, no. no. Drew Brees. And Tom I Brady. wouldn't have got that. And, and, and Tom Brady. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it was... I, I think the league is better when he is playing at a high level. The same way I think the league is better when Russell Wilson plays at the at a high level. Um, I think those guys tend to make it interesting, despite what their teams and what their abilities uh, may represent. So, while I think it was good to see him uh, back in the mix, see him playing well, I think Jared Goff played uh, equally as well. I mean, he did have a he did have a turnover and two fumbles, but in terms of um, in in terms of passing and getting to his targets, you know, he had 246 yards, two touchdowns uh, on his own. So wasn't exactly a bum performance, even though it looks a little bit like a blowout. He did have a, a late fourth quarter, uh, you know, attempt that looked like it was going to make the game interesting. But, you know, this one is definitely more about Rodgers and, and sort of his, uh, I'm air quoting this hard, return to form. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> Only because you know, I, I think there's still a lot of animosity there between him and Lafour. Oh, I'm not going to say it. Uh, him and his coach. Uh, my tongue stopped working for a second. <laughs> Off the rails here. <laughs> him and Matt. Here we go. Uh, no, I think there's still some some underlying issues that are going on there. He looks totally disinterested when you see him in um, like press interviews and post games. He just doesn't give a shit. It feels like he's kind of going through the motions of it, but. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite sold on that. This is the team, and they're back. I'm gonna see what him and Matt do over the next few weeks. See if he, he finds a way to kind of keep this up. But, uh, Aaron Jones, I feel like a lot of people are gonna have some knee jerk reactions and start him every week. I don't know if I would necessarily, uh, roll that way because you can't keep that up for very long. So, um, like the other star quarterbacks in the league. He's not going to go to the same guy week in and week out. He's going to adjust and change it up. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. There's a good chance that he may not be nearly the same level next week as he was this week. So, Well, Tim, you might be poo-pooing the Aaron Jones uh, redemption tour, but I will not. I will be riding that train choo-choo uh, the entire season. <laughs> so I, I said earlier that you had six and I had four, but actually I had incorrectly given you Cincy because you had three bowl predictions last week and you only hit on two of them. So I was right with four this week. You were right with five. It's very, very tight in our yeah. annual picks. Let's go into week three here. Let's rock it through these. Thursday Night Football, Panthers, Texans. Texans are starting a, a unknown at quarterback. The Panthers, Sam Darnold, Christian McCaffrey. I'm not overthinking it. It's going to be the Panthers. I think it might be a bit of an interesting game for a little bit, but the Panthers are going to win by 10 mm -hmm. points, and I'm putting that in the notes. Ooh, all right. Uh, I have Colts-Titans. Uh, this one's going to depend a little bit on who takes up the quarterback position on the day for the Colts. I think the Titans are probably going to come in uh, motivated. Uh, concerns being that it took Derrick Henry until the fourth quarter to really get himself going, but when he did get going, uh, he was making guys bounce off the turf. I sent a I sent the video to Sam. I'll post it to anybody else who wants it. Uh, so for me, I mean, if Carson Wentz comes in, I I would you know they're due for a win. 
I would probably lean their direction, but I think the Titans coming off that win uh, with a questionable quarterback, I, I got to go Titans. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Highlight it, put it down in the picks. I got Falcons, Giants. Look, they're both 0 2. Someone's going to win this game. I do feel bad for the Giants. I think they have a shot in this, but I think that the Falcons putting up 30 something on the Buccaneers last week. I think is is going to be very helpful. I'm going to go the Falcons here. Sorry, Craig. I'm not sorry, Craig. It's it's the Giants. <laughs> oh no, right, no, no, no. Sorry. We love you. Thanks for listening. It's the Giants. Uh, we got a couple other teams. If you want to, um, you know, <laughs> pull one out of a hat. Nah, he, better luck. This is this is a dude who has the 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 sweatshirt from the Super Bowl. Uh, where they beat the Patriots for the undefeated season. So yeah, he's, he's a Giants fan for life. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Fuck the Giants. <laughs> oh, boy. It's too fluke win. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 you win, you win. I, I can't call them fluke wins, but <clears throat> fluke win. Uh, Chargers um, Chiefs. Who you got? Chargers Chiefs. You know, I made a couple bold predictions last week. I was feeling like it going into this one. I think the Chargers are in a position. If if Eckler can come out and perform, we're seeing some kinks in the armor for uh, for the Chiefs. But I don't see the Chiefs coming out and winning back. I uh, losing back to back games. I think uh, this one might come out and, and and be closer than what most would anticipate. But I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. Wow! I, I highlighted the Chargers before you said the Chiefs. I know. I know. I I. I I, we should we should star that one because my gut keeps telling me Chargers, but I'm going to go Chiefs. No, no, no. You made the prediction. We're moving I did. on. I did. I got Bengals Steelers. Look, I'm I'm still a hashtag let Joey roar movement, but I'm also a realist, and I understand that a Mike Tomlin coach defense is going to get right at some point, and this is going to be the game. Uh, Steelers. All right. Um, Bears Browns. Have we heard yet of Mayfield starting? Uh, yes, he should be, but Dalton will not be starting. So it will yeah. be Justin Fields, who you think, you know, shouldn't be out there. I agree. I don't. Um, but I could see some crazy shit happening in him coming out. Well, I know out you agree because it's, it's your opinion, but yeah. go on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could see him coming out and do something crazy and putting up, like, a good game. Um, I'm I'm not based off of just solely what we saw last week. I think he needs some some time in the oven. That, uh, that bun is not quite ready yet. Um if it turns out that Baker doesn't start, this could be like an ugly little low-scoring shootout with quarterbacks just giving the ball to opposing teams the entire game, uh, like Justin did last time. Um, but no, I'm going to go Baker. All righty. Ravens-Lions. Ravens just beat one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, I'm sorry, Jared Goff, and biting kneecaps with Dan Campbell. You're not going to be able to bite these kneecaps. Ravens. Saints Patriots. Uh, I think Jameis Winston has crashed down to earth like the uh, fizzling comet he was uh, in week one. Uh, I think Mac Jones each week gets progressively better. I think this might be the week where he has a little bit of a breakout game. There's some flaws in the Saints defense that, uh, you know, Bill is going to find ways to exploit as long as he manages the ball. I think it's an easy Patriots win. Wow, there you go. Two dubs for Mac Jones back-to-back. All right, I got cards, Jags. In the wild, a Jaguar would destroy a Cardinal. 
in the NFL, Cardinals ruin Jaguars. That was that was genuinely terrible. I I didn't like that. I want to strike that from the record. Please, everybody, uh, pretend you heard no such uh, things. Please, Cardinals can. win big. There you go. <laughs> uh, Bills, Washington. Um, the curious case of the rotating quarterback for a team who can't keep it. Again, I'm still blaming blaming Nate Staples for jinxing you guys going into the <laughs> season. Uh, I'm gonna go Bills. Uh, came off of a strong game. Kind of keep it up. Uh, you know, this is their division to lose, as as the kids say. I got the Jets Broncos at the four o'clock window. I don't trust that the Jets are going to be able to beat the Broncos. I don't, I don't want to pick against the Broncos. They just seem to have a soft schedule right now. So that's what I'm going to do. Broncos against the Jets. But I think it's going to be like a 2017 win. But a win's a win. All right. All right. Uh, Raiders, Dolphins. Uh, Tua, a little banged up. We saw what happens when he's not in playing. Uh, Derek Carr and his Maybelline contract for that eyeshadow seems to be doing really, really well. Um, uh, when I'm going to see him on the cover of, uh, you know, cover girl or something. I mean, it's working for him. Um, no, but really why, are, why are his eyelashes so dark? Is he wearing Tim, like, maybe he's poor with it. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that one. Uh, I'm going to go Raiders here. They're playing their balls off and, you know, Derek Carr, Jesus Christ. I can't believe I'm saying it. It's a good quarterback. Lots of those. That's pretty see, insane. I want to see him and Sam Darnold go head to head. Who that would be that would be crazy about the Super Bowl. You want to see them go to, yeah, go all, right, head to head? all right, all right. No. Pump the brakes. Yeah, man. yeah not not possible. Not well, it could be possible. They're both two and oh. All right. I got the Seahawks, Vikings. Look, the Vikings are a very dangerous team. Seattle's not lost them uh in the Russell Wilson era. It's not happening. I don't think it's gonna happen here. Uh Dalvin Cook, while he is cooking, he's not Derrick Henry. And that defense still has some issues. And if you watch the game last year, it went to the fourth quarter. And Seattle took the dub. They're going to take what they learned from this week, and they're not going to apply it to next week. Seahawks, Vikings, Seahawks win because this this whole NFC West division is insane. It's crazy, so competitive. They got to win. They got to start winning games. This is where they win one. Man, I just found a very unfortunate statistic. Patrick Mahomes, three of his uh, three of his twelve games with a QBR rating of under sixty five. Came against the Chargers. I'm telling you, that one's going to bite me in the ass next next week. Yes, it will. And it's um, set in stone. Bucks, Rams. Who do you got? Uh, I I mean, it's right now. It's I, I can't pick against the Bucks until they show me that there's a reason to. Right. Um, I don't think this is going to be nearly the same level. I don't think they're going to put up a you know four or five touchdown game. Uh, it's going to be a, a a closer game than I think what we are expecting. Uh, staff coming out. You know, he's been playing pretty well. I think, uh, you know, you're going to see Gronkowski get flashed around a little bit more. But I'm going to go Bucks until they give me a reason to not pick the Bucks. This is my late shock face. All right, Sunday Night Football, Packers, 49ers. <laughs> what? Why is this even a thing? Why do I even get a guess? The, the 49ers have had incredible seasons and they've lost to the freaking Packers both times in the postseason. I'm not going against Aaron Rodgers. He threw a 50 yard dime to Devonte Adams in double coverage. That was amazing. I loved seeing the hustle the other night. 
He looked like he didn't really care. There was a cool military flyover in which he and Devontae Adams have like a nice, ooh, that was sick kind of moment. They shook hands, and they just dapped up on the sidelines, and I said, oh, the Lions are fucked. Tim picked the Lions. Oh, he is so screwed with this pick. Same thing. 49ers, good team. Got a ceiling. Packers, great team. Got a ceiling. The ceiling for the Packers, much higher than the 49ers. Sorry, Greg. Go Pack Go. Uh, the only reason I'm going to say anything about that game is because I just talked about Aaron Rodgers uh, a little bit. A um, couple little worthy points that I probably should have related to you before this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is 5-6 and six against the Niners. Uh, one of five teams he has a losing record against. Um, he's 0-5 when he goes in as the underdog. And guess who's the underdog this weekend? So lots, of, lots at stake. Uh, you could probably snap this uh, pretty pretty easily this weekend. Although Jimmy G, zero interceptions this week. I mean, uh, this season. Yeah, because no. when you don't throw more than four yards down the field, you're not going to get picked off. It's going to fall to the feet of your receiver. Easy, easy, easy. Easy. All, All right. right. Uh, Eagles, Cowboys. Bring uh, us home, Tim. This is another one. Uh, you know, I think we're starting to see the Cowboys of yester. Not yesteryear, yester week, we'll call it. Um, we're starting to see like a little bit of a return to form. Dak is continuing to play well. It's only a matter of time before Zeke comes in and has himself uh, a killer game. Uh, the Eagles front, not that great. Might be uh, might be a big running day for both of those guys. Um, but you know that team is quickly turning into you know a, a two threat team in the air and, and on the ground. So. I think this one ends up being, you know, a, a relatively easy win riding off the momentum. So beautiful. And that will do it for this episode of mm-hmm. Stats the Matter Podcast. I had four right this week. Tim had five right. I'm gonna have five right next week. At least Tim will have four right. We will be neck and neck in the standings, headed towards our season in bet, in which you're gonna have to wear a Baker Mayfield jersey. Have you thought about which jersey you're gonna try and make me buy and, and wear for the podcast yet? It doesn't sound like you have. Wait, uh, Baker Mayfield. That's what I'm wearing. I'll rock. A, I'll, I guess I'll rock a Mayfield jersey. It, it could be. Yeah, could yeah, be worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go off picks, and then you know, for the division winner, uh, and then if if you're wrong, you gotta you gotta win a oh, Baker Mayfield jersey. Easy, Brady, Tom Brady jersey, done. Which one? A Patriots Tom Brady jersey or a Bucks Tom Brady jersey? Both are obnoxious, but Ooh, one of those that's like half and half. Oh, God. What have I done? All right. Let's end this episode of the Stacks and Better Podcast before this gets any worse. (laughs) Done. That is my pick. Thank you, everybody, for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, I'll see you next week with uh, six wins. (laughs) Shit. Have a good week, everybody. Where the fuck am I going to get a half Patriots app? I'm going to have to spend so much money on Etsy over this shit. It's going to be terrible. I will find you. Don't